the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Here we are, starting up at 6.05 on Hump Day, Wednesday, March the 9th. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but um, Putin's name is over. I mean, he's now the villain of the world, uh, period, amen. Uh, today, he bombed a maternity hospital, okay? That has, uh, there's no military value to that. There's no uh, hurting the economy with that. Uh, it, that is just just sheer evil, evil a maternity hospital with little babies and infants in it. Um, you know, I have an infant to wrap your brain around people who need health care. They need to be in the hospital. Uh, and you would think with the big cross on the roof and them knowing that it's a maternity hospital, that would be a target that any human being, even during a time of war, would definitely eschew bombing but nope not for vladimir putin so he has now become you know the the enemy of the universe as we know it and you know his claim is well by all of us putting all these sanctions on his country and let's face it from coca-cola and starbucks and pepsi and uh, 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 mcdonald's American Express, Visa, MasterCard, all ceasing to do business with Russia. You know, we've basically isolated them from the vast majority of uh, the the Western world. And uh, if not the entire majority of the Western world, the vast majority of the entire world. So he's saying we're waging war on him, but that's just BS at this point. You can't act the way he is acting and, and, and uh, the targets that he is putting out there. Uh, it's I, I just it just popped up not that long ago um, that the, about the maternity ward and the the president tweeted it out and you know the, the building fell there's dead people under the building live people under the building he's begging for more help from the Western world they are having mass graves for civilians mass graves they're just digging huge huge pits and wrapping people up and throwing them in the mass grave so it's a horrible horrible time and i'm not you know minimizing the fact that today for a half a tank of gas in marianne's car a half a tank of gas was 65 dollars. it was 485 or 487 a gallon for um unleaded super unleaded um I, you know, it's one thing for us as individuals to bear 
that price at the pump, where we're really going to feel it, and maybe the world is going to feel it, is um, all the trucking and all the shipping. Uh, you know, the, the their costs are going to go up, and we're going to feel those costs. So an 18-wheeler to deliver wheat, an 18-wheeler to deliver soybeans, an 18-wheeler to deliver... You know, whatever, things from point A to point B, the ships come through, right? With all the new cars coming from Germany, coming from Italy, coming from England, coming from Japan. Well, now the, the, the fuel to get those, to make those ships move is going to go up. But more importantly, the gasoline to, once those cars get off of the, the carrier, get off their ship and go on the car carriers, you know, how much are they going to pay in gas? If I'm paying sixty-five dollars, they're going to pay six hundred and fifty dollars. Um, and wh- who's going to get that? It's going to come right to us. With all of that being said, <clears throat> we wouldn't trade places with those people in Ukraine for a second. Their lives are forever changed, devastated. Um, besides the property damage, the loss of life is just—it's just tremendous. And um, and those who survive are going to be saddled with the emotional baggage that witnessing a tragedy like this takes with it. So our hearts go out to those folks. And, um, you know, I'm saying this because a lot of people tell me they listen to this show. They put it on just as they get in the car or after they're home and they're settled in. So I just wanted to give a little bit of news on um, what, is going on what's at the top of the the headlines right now you know we were talking about boxing yesterday and i said you know i don't even know who the world heavyweight boxing champ is it's actually someone from the ukraine i think his last name is usik u-s-y-k um and he's been the champ since 2021 um so there you go we're tying in the boxing story to the ukraine story um another uh, New York, well, actually national story, has to do with education. Um, there was studies are now coming out regarding the pandemic and the effect that it has had on education. And I will tell you today, um, I was fortunate because I, I didn't have to go to court. So I was able to be online in the Zoom call with, I think, eight different teachers of my 15-year-old, who's a sophomore, Luca Joseph. <clears throat> And a couple of things surprised me. Number one, there's a couple of teachers who Luca has had through all of freshman year where he was um, in school a couple of days a week and remote a couple of days a week, all of sophomore year, so September of 2021 until now. And they said that last week was the first time they ever saw Luca's face. Just wrap your brain around that for a second. Um, a teacher, and Luca goes to a school where this classrooms are very small. There's not 40 kids in a class. There's 15 kids in a class. The fact that you're so close to someone, um, not just physically close, but also on a very personal level, um, because when you're in a classroom that that's small, even though you're switching classes, there's a very special relationship and bond and different relationships with different teachers and different students. Um, and the fact that you've never seen someone's face, it just, it, like, I it, I shook my head. And they're like, wow, he's so handsome. He's this. He, I, and he's always smiling. Like, that was another fact that the teachers let on today that they said it was a little hard in the past to judge students' reactions. 
And in one particular class, uh, the teacher was like, well, Luca clearly loves it because he's smiling through the whole class. But that's only based on three school days of reporting. Um, And it it just ties into yesterday, I think I said, you know, I did not feel comfortable picking a jury in a criminal case with people who are wearing wearing masks because you don't really get a chance to know those people, see what they are, see what they look like, see what their age is, um, see what their reactions are. And boy, so I'm thinking these kids really suffered, you know, and and uh, it's the same with Arthur, who's uh, five years old in kindergarten. I, you know, it never dawned on me, but that, since September, one of his teachers said this is the first time I've seen his face. Now, I would think at a five year old, the mask would be coming on and off and you'd see them a little bit. But, you know, I guess not. So then I get in and I'm preparing for the show. And there's this big study that just came out that talks about how much children are suffering because of the pandemic, several factors. Obviously, initially, the schools were closed. Then they went to remote learning. Then they went to hybrid learning. And now they're back with the masks. And one uh, in this study, which was a national study, so they talk about Virginia, they talk about Boston, they talk about New York, one-third of students are behind on their reading scores. It is much higher than it was pre-pandemic. Sadly, black and Hispanic students are disproportionately impacted. And 33% of, this was a Virginia part of it, 33% of second graders are not at grade level, which is almost a 10% higher than pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic numbers in Boston, right? So you think of Boston as this high-class, highfalutin, waspy place. 60% of students are at risk for not being at their appropriate reading level. In New York City, there has been a dramatic decline, according to this study, in, the, in children's reading scores. They are at, quote-unquote, crisis levels here in New York City. And yet, New York City spends more money per pupil than any other metropolitan area. So the money is there. The, yeah, and that's, I mean, the Board of Education budget, I believe, is higher or almost as high as the... Uh, the state of Illinois, the state of Illinois, uh, the, the Board of Education budget. So the pandemic clearly had an effect because the, the Department of Education hasn't changed that drastically. Um, it was, I think it has to do with the impact of the students. And it definitely shows there is a socioeconomic effect because families that had the extra income to pay for private tutoring or pay for extracurricular activities or extra uh, schooling, though, you know, those children are doing better on the test. And that is something that needs to be addressed. Um, and speaking of socioeconomic disparities, what we're going to talk about um, very soon has to do with the world of marijuana in New York State and how the legislature and the governor are trying to address socioeconomic disparities through the uh, the sale, the, the impending retail sale of marijuana here in uh, New York City. So they're going to try to right some wrongs by awarding these uh, licenses. We're going to talk about it in a second. A 
like the way that Sam Bolin ties in the marijuana talk with the party all the time. That's Eddie Murphy, right? Am I correct? Yes, it that? is with Rick James. Uh, damn, my love loves to party all the time. That's a 1980s hit. Um, and you know, you feel like you could party all the time, um, whether you're 17, 19, 25. And then you start feeling like you party all the time when you're 45 and 50 and 55 and 60. And let's face it, folks, that's just not realistic. You can't party all the time. Trust me. Those of us who are on the other side of 50 realize that after a rough night that the next day is really rough. So what should you be thinking about? You should be thinking about being prepared in case something happens that is unexpected. Because when you're healthy... You don't think you need a power of attorney. When you're healthy, you don't think you need a healthcare proxy. But that's the time to do it. Because the truth is, when you're healthy, you don't need a power of attorney. You can sign your own documents. You can sign your own lease. You can sign your own contract. You can sign your own Verizon bill. You can sign your own checkbooks. When you're healthy, you don't need someone to speak to you in a hospital. You don't need someone to speak for you. I mean in a hospital or for you uh, in, a, uh, um, in a doctor's office. It's when you're not healthy. The problem is, if you don't prepare those documents when you are healthy they won't be there when you really need them so how do you get them done you call connors and sullivan attorneys at law it's essential that you have a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy and that you get one as soon as you can while you're healthy and you're not under any stress but you have plenty of time to sit down with one of the great lawyers at Connors and Sullivan. They'll explain it to you. You can explain the rest of your estate plan to them. They know their stuff. They've been doing this for 40 years. What they'll do is they'll make the plan that protects you best. They'll designate who you want to make decisions for you in case you are not able to make them for yourself. So for a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. has a different definition of being free but i think uh you know what's going on in ukraine uh has a lot to do with fighting to be free um i was told that uh, russia is saying putin is saying on the end of this week he's going to shut down the whole internet for all of russia uh you know the, the journalists there 
cannot report anything negative on what's actually going on. There are uh, there are reports that the Russian um, army is not faring nearly as well as they thought they were going to. If you report that in Russia, forget it. Bye bye. Um, so we're so fortunate to be living in the free world. But, you know, it's it's far from a perfect world. And there are people who are less fortunate than others. There are people who um, uh, who have just not had the breaks in life. Um, so we have a big opportunity financially here to help people. Uh, now, how that opportunity is going to be used and should be used, I should say, is a matter for debate. And I'm speaking about the marijuana industry, okay? Uh, most people who have been in the industry for a while refer to it as the cannabis industry. They don't really use marijuana, especially on the West Coast. It's all about cannabis. But um, what the, legis- so the legislature has passed recreational, legal recreational marijuana. Okay? The, the medical stuff has already been passed. Now we're on to the recreational stuff. And... Um, you know, there's a, there could be a, all kinds of debate on whether that was a good thing or not a good thing. And only time will tell. Um, I think I mentioned, you know, I when I p- took the bar exam, I went over to Europe and I spent a little time in Amsterdam. And I remember, like, seeing folks in the street just totally, like, out of it. And I was like, ooh, you know, okay, I could see people having fun, you know, 5, 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night. But at 10 o'clock in the morning, there's people totally stoned on the street. Probably not the way to go, but again, we shall see. So there's going to be many retail marijuana licenses handed out, okay? And who's going to get them? That is the big question. So who gets the retail licenses? Now, how do you think it should be done? Should we put everyone who puts an application in, should we throw it in a hat and pull it out? Um, Should we look at who has the best business plan? Uh, should we look at who has the most capital in the bank? So when you fill out this application, you have to sign a form where if you lie on it, you, you could be in big trouble, which is actually what the Manhattan DA's office and, and, and the New York State Attorney General's office is looking at the Trump family about. Did they fill out bank forms that were that they filled out inaccurately? So what they're so let's say in this particular case, you say, OK, I, my name is Arthur Idala. I currently own a donut shop, and I own a donut shop, shop in Brooklyn, New York, and I know how to do retail business. I start selling donuts at 6 o'clock in the morning, and then actually in the afternoon, we switch over to selling Entenmann's cakes. We'll talk about Mr. Entenmann in a little while. Um, I, uh, so I have experience doing retail. I'm 54 years old. These are my two partners, and the three of us have put um, – we've all saved up, and this is what we have to start the business on. And we've actually found the location, and we've done the um, research on the demographics of this location, and this is how we think we'll be able to sell to and how many sales we'll make, et cetera, et cetera. And so if everyone has to do that degree, excuse me, that degree of a business plan supported by the finances, supported by experience, and then there's a panel who says, okay, Who's going to be successful? We're going to pick them. Well, the legislature has said, no, that's not what we're going to do because that favors people who are already advantaged to some point. We are going to try to help people who are totally disadvantaged. And they are going to spend 
I think it said up to $200 million to set folks up. They're going to give 100 to 200 licenses to people. You ready for this? <clears throat> Can I get a drum roll, Sam Bowen? <clears throat> All right, no. I should have given you more of a heads up. I can't get it. <laughs> All right. Can we put that in your queue of tricks up your sure. sleeve? All right. Here's the drum roll. A hundred, two hundred licenses to people previously convicted of marijuana offenses or their parents, guardians, children, spouse, or dependents have been convicted of a marijuana-related offense. <clears throat> or, then they throw this other caveat, um, someone who was uh, disproportionately affected by uh, the drug wars back in the day. So they are going to not only give these licenses, to, to <clears throat> prioritize these licenses to people who have convictions, but they're also going to like set them up financially. They're not concerned, the state is not concerned about the capital investment. <clears throat> Apparently they've looked at other states who have done this, who have tried to help people at a lower socioeconomic status, and they saw that these businesses have failed because either the people didn't have experience or they didn't have the money behind them to set things up. So they gave them the licenses, but then once you have the, the license, they didn't know, they didn't have the wherewithal to make it be a successful enterprise. So what the state is going to do with our tax money is provide turnkey sale locations. So the state is going to identify the location. The state is going to pay for the lease of the location it's going to be as i said a turnkey spot i mean i don't know is the state going to pay for the lighting and the the shelves um and the initial uh purchase of the first crop of weed you're going to be selling you know I, i'm all about helping those who are down and out but this seems a little uh unfair that the the money that i'm paying for taxes also eliminates me if I wanted to start a marijuana business. If I wanted, you know, if I said, Noah, come down from Connecticut. Um, Kevin, who knows how to run a retail business, he's going to be here half the time. He's going to teach you how to do it half the time. I'll be able to raise some money and um, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll start a, a marijuana retail business. I am eliminated. Um, the target audience is women, quote, minorities, quote, distressed Oh, distressed from for people who lived in distressed communities hit by the drug wars um, and veterans. I got no problem with the veterans. <clears throat> I got no problem with any of this. But why are like white men just like automatically, you know, cast aside uh, at this point when we celebrated you know, Women's Day yesterday and we talked about all of the achievements, you know, the, the, the governor, the attorney general and the chief judge of the state of New York are all women. Um, and you could go down the list. Um, but okay, so Noah and I can't open up this retail business because, at least not initially, the first 100 to 200 licenses are going to go to folks who are identified as either having records. Now, I'm not down with that. I got to be honest with you. Um, I understand what they're saying. Like, uh, well, something that you have a conviction for that was le illegal is now legal. So you should get a benefit. Well, then. Pete Rose should definitely be in the Hall of Fame because he gambled and now gambling is legal, so he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and you could make the same argument about gamblers. Why didn't they do that? 
Why didn't they allow everyone who had a gambling conviction? Because there's plenty of folks out there or involved in the gambling trade. How come they didn't uh, you know, get some sort of a benefit from now the fact that the gambling is legal? So I don't, I don't know. The law was the law at the time. Now that it's legal, um, it doesn't, I don't think you should get a benefit because you broke the law at the time it was the law. Yes, law has the, yes, it's different now, but I don't know. There's going to be a lot of arguments over this. They have not set a limit of how many licenses they are going to give out, but this is going to be big money. Just to compare it, it's going to be small money compared to the gambling money. The gambling money is enormous. It dwarfs this. And this is only going to work if there is strict enforcement of the black market. Strict, strict, strict enforcement to the guy selling a dime bag on the corner. Otherwise, the taxes these stores have to pay, you'll never survive. But time will tell, and hopefully smarter people than I am are figuring this out. Discovery Communications, LLC, seeks a senior digital analyst in New York, New York, to work with marketing and product teams to unearth insights to promote data-driven decisions. Teleworking permitted. Send resume to Tyler Williams, Discovery Communications, 9721 Sherrill Boulevard, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37932. Again, send resume to Tyler Williams, Discovery Communications, 9721 Sherrill Boulevard, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37932. River Spring Residences is an assisted living community in Riverdale, just minutes from Manhattan. River Spring offers breathtaking views of the Hudson River, gourmet meals, and top-of-the-line security and medical staff. River Spring is the right amount of support your loved ones need. Assisted joy, assisted comfort, assisted friendship, assisted community, and yes, assisted independence. River Spring Residences. The people you love will love it here. Call 833-56-RIVER. That's 833-56-RIVER. Or visit riverspringresidences.org. Hi, Kevin McCullough, Radio Night Live. Tonight, it's Wellness Night, and we welcome back our title sponsor, Balance of Nature. We will check in with a friend of Balance of Nature, Tom Jones, on a very exciting uh, plan he has to cross America on foot. Check it out. You can unlock more cash than you realize from your home's equity with a cash-out refinance today. In the last year, average home values have gone up nearly 20%. And with Rocket Mortgage, you can unlock thousands in less than three weeks. But you've got to act right now before rates go up. So when you're looking to unlock the cash in your home, Rocket can. Call 8338-ROCKET today or go to rocketmortgage.com to get started. Rocket. Rates current as a 12-12-21. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. Anomalous consumer access. Dot over 3030. Call 800-490-1233 for disclosures and cost information. AM 970, The Answer, doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM 970, The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-267. 34 degrees. We have light snow on this Wednesday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, the NYPD is cracking down on the dangerous trends of 3D guns on the streets. Lisa G has more. 
NYPD Chief of Intelligence Thomas Galati says there's been an increase of 3D guns over the last several years, but not as much in New York City. Throughout the country, you know, uh, we're seeing that more and more. Police arrested a 30-year-old Brooklyn man for manufacturing ghost guns and 3D printing of personally made firearms. New York banned printed 3D guns in 2019, but authorities say that younger people are becoming more interested in them. Lisa G, NBC News Radio, New York. New York State lawmakers are introducing legislation in an attempt to ease the pain at the gas pump. Scott Pringle explains. The New York Gas Tax Relief Act would suspend the state's 48-cent-a-gallon gas tax until September 1st. It's unclear what it would mean for prices at the pump, but Senator Peter Oberacker, who is introducing the bill, is hoping it translates into a 48-cent drop. Anything that we can do to help on a, on a family budget in the areas that I represent is, is not only warranted, it's needed. Gas is approaching an average of four and a half bucks for a gallon of regular in New York State. Experts put most of the blame on the Russia invasion of Ukraine. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York. Scott, thank you. 15 to 20 minutes at the outbound Holland Tunnel, 5 to 10 on the citybound side. Lincoln Tunnel, about 5, maybe 10 minutes on the inbound side, closer to 15 to 20 on the outbound side. And the George Washington Bridge, pretty good ride into and out of the city. Good news on Route 17 South in Paramus. All lanes are open at Ridgewood Avenue. That accident finally cleared. 440 North down at Industrial Avenue in Woodbridge. That is a crash. Rain and snow continues for a few more hours around the five boroughs. Low 35. Sunny skies tomorrow and Friday. High both days, close to 50. Rain on Saturday, mixing with snow late in the day with a high of 47. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, I guess I hit a couple of nerves in a good way. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of emails. By the way, people ask for my email. A lot of people just go online. They go to my website, Idala Bertuna and Cammons, and they email me from there. But I ded- dedicated a uh, an email address just for the radio show. It's Arthur at ABKLawNYC.com. Arthur at ABKLawNYC.com. Um, and so let me just, I'm going to read a couple of these. Um Chris, writing from Brooklyn, writes, there was a New York Times article talking about the education of students. There was a New York Times article on minority groups and grade scores and getting into good high schools compared Chinese and black and Latinos, Latino students, and found that the major difference was home life and parenting. Statistics from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Bureau of Census, 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaways come from fatherless homes. 85% of children who show behavior problems come from fatherless homes. You know, if you listen to Mayor Adams on the campaign trail, or you listen to Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, uh, they all, they both separately in different decades emphasize the the father issue um in our society and it is a you know it's a huge issue and and, you know even in my household and i think i said this the other day you know i i'm my dad is uh pushing 84 and i i still have a a healthy fear of him and um but more than a fear it's a desire to please him even at this point in my life i went back and looked at my high school yearbook class of 85 from poly prep 
the last thing I wrote, you know, you write all these nice things to your friends and all these inside jokes that almost 40 years later you struggle to remember. What did that mean? But the last thing I wrote was, Mom and Dad, I'll make you proud. And I kind of live my life every day that way. Um, and as well as now it's Mom and Dad, Marianne, Luca, Arthur, and Ariana, I'll make you proud. Especially for the little ones in this time of, of the internet that lives on in infamy. Um, but, you know, the fact that fathers are not in these households, President Obama you know, will tell you that's a huge problem. The fact that, father, that fathers are not there to make sure kids are doing homework, to make sure that kids are, are being disciplined, that they're getting up in time, getting on time and making their beds, it's, it's an issue. So I did not mean to, make, to blame this all on the, on the educators in any way, shape, or form. I come from a family of educators. Um, literally, my maternal grandfather taught, my mom, my sister. Um, so it's a combination of family and home life. And yes, the home life has been affected equally as horribly by the pandemic as the educational life has. I'm going to just read one more regarding the, um, uh, the marijuana situation. Um, <clears throat> Derek from Queens writes in, taxpayer money is going to fund these businesses regardless of the business acumen or the ability to actually manage the businesses. The other thing that is troubling is the fact that these people originally broke the law, and now you're rewarding them regardless of what the laws are now. At the time they broke the law, they were criminals. What do these people know about running a business? Question mark. This is how communism works with the government dictating who gets what regardless of outcome, ability, and chance of success. That's the key, thi- the, the, the key thing is if we're putting taxpayer money into it, it better make a profit. And yes, Derek from Queens, I, we, I, you know, I think that was my point. Number one, that we shouldn't be rewarding people. Uh, and look, it's a marijuana violation. If you're telling me it's a guy who walked down the street uh, and got you know, a ticket for having a joint, their, their life wasn't so adversely affected that they need to get uh, to the front of the line. I'll give you an example of people who should get uh, some, some uh, help from the government. Back in the day... In federal court, if you got caught with the same amount of crack cocaine as powder cocaine, the penalty was 10 times more for the crack cocaine than the powder cocaine. And let's face it, the white people had the powder cocaine and the black people had the crack cocaine, the majority of them. And you're talking about a 10-year difference or 10-time difference. Uh, Those people, and that that was just wrong. I mean, crack was horrible. It was an epidemic. But it was it was draconian. And, you know, those folks maybe deserve a little helping hand along the way. Uh, Someone who got written up for, as I said, having a dime bag of weed. You know, show me your life was so taken off the rails that you now deserve to have, quote unquote, a turnkey, a turnkey business handed to you. Um, But I I do want to follow up on what I was saying, because my buddy out on the West Coast, uh, he owns a dispensary called Paper and Leaf. It's on Baybridge, Bainbridge Island uh, in uh, Washington. And what he said is, look, th- these you are taxed so heavily. And the uh, the way you have to account for, I think it, what, there's some term they have, from the bale to the bone, meaning from the bales of marijuana to the bone, meaning a joint. There has to be barcodes every step along the way the uh, compliance, the how much money you have to spend on compliance, the profit margins are so small. 
And therefore, what does that mean? That means they have to charge a little bit more. If there's a black market, so if you could go into a store and buy an ounce in the store for a hundred bucks, and buy an ounce at some guy's apartment for eighty bucks, and it's the same stuff. If the other, it's just some of it is falling off the back of the truck. That store is it's going to struggle to make a profit. That's not a guess. That is based on my personal uh, relationships and personal experience speaking to people in the industry. Talking about the unknown aspects of the marijuana industry, um, what am I, a person who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, especially in the world of finance, uh, is a guy, my, my friend Dave Spring. And we were walking into a store the other day, like a, a regular neighborhood candy store, to actually buy a couple of cans of beer. Uh, did we buy cans or bottles? Let me just see. I think we bought bottles. Um, it said we take Bitcoin here. Well, we could buy Bitcoin here or something like that. And, you know, David has done very well in the world of finance, and he's a student of it. And he goes, I would never get involved with that. It's this, it's that. And he had all of these uh, choice words for it. Well, guess what happened today? Bit, the, the value of Bitcoin surges after President Biden signs an executive order on cryptocurrencies. And the executive order was directing federal agencies to look into regulations for cryptocurrency. That's a sign that America's economy is moving towards embracing the digital coin. I don't exactly know what, what, you know what that means, but the fact that the President of the United States is saying it needs to be looked into, it needs to be examined, that is, getting, uh, that is giving it a, a strong air of legitimacy. The Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, said that the effort would promote a fairer, more inclusive, and more efficient financial system while countering illicit finance and preventing risks to financial stability and national security. I will tell you, I'm handling some cases in federal court regarding, um, regarding Bitcoin. Um, and, uh, you know, the feds are still looking at it kind of, you know, with that eyebrow up, like, what's going on here? Is this legit or is this not legit? Um, let's see. I mean, I, I, I will tell you this. I've had people who owe me money. And they show me their little uh, Coinbase account on their phone, and it has millions of dollars in it. Millions. Like a lot of millions, like 10, 12, 15 millions, million under Bitcoin. And I say, okay, I, that's great. I'm happy. I don't need that. I just need this little small amount of money in like a check from Chase Bank. And, uh, well, you know, I, I go, can you just take it out of there and transfer it into you? I don't know. I can't transfer it into my bank. It's restricted, and I can't do this. I, I've yet to have someone, and I'm not saying you know I, I know anything. I want to do a whole show on Bitcoin because I think it's important on a cryptocurrency, and I know people who do know a lot about it. Um, but I've yet to have anyone tell me, "Hey, Arthur, I, I made I made all this money in Bitcoin, and um, you know here's a check. I'm, I'm able to take the money out and use it. I could go to Rayos where they only take cash, and I could use it. And you know if if I don't have uh, a place where they don't take credit card. They're not going to take Bitcoin. They're going to take cash. So how do you get the Bitcoin into American currency? I I just haven't seen it. Uh, I would love someone to send me an email, arthur at abklawnyc.com, and educate me or volunteer to come on the show as a guest. I have other other people. I know lobbying firms that are starting cryptocurrency practices. 
it kind of reminds me of a couple of years ago when it was clear that the cannabis industry was going to become much more into the mainstream and much more legalized. Uh, that's what's going on in the cryptocurrency. Every, people are trying to make it a, a legitimate issue, and they're trying to cash in, right? I mean, it's like uh, buying Apple in 1985. You did pretty good. Buying Amazon, buying Intel. Um we did get a little bit of bad news on a story we covered a while ago, um, not that long ago, like the first week, I think, of my show. A um, human being who needed a heart transplant um, received a pig's heart, and he lived initially. Uh, he did okay for a solid month. They were so happy his body didn't initially reject it. It wasn't just like a pig, like they grabbed off a farm. It was a pig that had been slowly genetically altered so that he, the body would not reject it. Um, he has passed away, but you know, I looked at some numbers in 2021 in the United States of America, 41,354 people received organ transplants. Half of them were kidneys. 12 people die each day by not getting some sort of a, uh, organ transplant, but it's a step in the right direction. We're sorry that David Bennett left us, but he was a brave man to, uh, make a try of it, but let's keep on the fight. Let's keep up the research. Keep on going. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Holland Christian Home, a place for your aging loved one. Here's Jack sharing why he chose to live at Holland Christian Home. My name is Jack. I'm 82 years old. I lived in Clifton, New Jersey. I was a teacher for 38 years. About five or six years ago, I decided I needed to get into a continuing care retirement community. My priority is what care I will get when and if I need it. And the Holland Christian Home is the only place that I looked at where all of the nurses and aides are in-house. All other facilities, you must go to an outside agency and cost you a lot more money to hire aides if, in fact, you need it to get up in the morning and to go to bed at night. From independent living and beyond, feel at home and love. Call Charlotte. She'll show you around. 973-807-3245 or hchnj.org. That's hchnj.org. Holland Christian Home. 973-807-3245. Ask for Charlotte. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome. Crohn's and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable. So don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, 
Could I, I have, have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Bolino, there's no way I'm interrupting this. This <laughs> beginning is gorgeous. Let it go, let it go. Sono solo e sogno all'orizzonte, mancano le parole. Si lo so che non c'è luce in una stanza quando manca il sole. Se non ci sei tu con me, con me. Well, I have to show some self-control. Le finestre. Wait, a little more, a little more. I know I'm being bad. I'm not playing this song because I danced with it with Jimmy Campbell at my wedding uh, in Italy many years ago. Or because it's his son's 30th birthday. Today is the birthday of a great Italian, not an Italian-American, an Italian from Florence. The individual, not only one continent, but two continents are named after. And Governor Nelson Rockefeller declared a, a, a holiday here in 1959. So technically, it's not like a national holiday where all the banks are closed, but it's America Vespucci's birthday. And he was a, an explorer. It's almost like a sin in my world to interrupt this song. My Uncle Frank Santo loved this song, loved, loved, loved it. And um, uh, you want to talk about a a uh, ambassador for people with disabilities, Andrea Bocelli, who is second only to Luciano Pavarotti in the modern era. Uh, and I know some may argue with that, like Doug Jabbar say, leggero, leggero, means he's light. He's not as powerful as a Pavarotti. And he's not, um, but he's he's a fantastic entertainer. And um, uh, thank you for playing that, Sambolino. And before I forget, happy birthday to Captain James Campbell, who... Is 30 years old today. I was fortunate enough to attend his um, uh, his graduation from West Point in 2016. I want to say it was May 21st, 2016, because it was a day I will remember. And I believe Vice President Joe Biden was the keynote speaker. Um, Mr. Campbell, text me and let me know if I'm correct about that. But uh, I was very excited to see that it was America Vespucci's birthday because, you know, there's been all of this um stuff about Columbus and oh we shouldn't name this after Columbus and that after Columbus because he owned slaves and he was this and okay all right we'll talk about that later but and then I was at a uh, a virtual hearing about the courthouse in Brooklyn in downtown Brooklyn and I went to the second hearing the first hearing they had already ruled that it could no longer be called Columbus uh square or Columbus circle this is in Brooklyn not in Manhattan uh and then there was a very powerful recommendation, actually by an Irish and American member of that committee, that said, why don't we name it after America Vespucci? I mean, after all, our country is named after it. 
and some little snivelly, I did my research, and I'm not comfortable naming it America Vespucci because in his will, he left four slaves to his family members. Well, you know what, folks? (laughs) That was in 1512. He died February 22nd, 1512. God knows the things that we do today that will be looked at six, seven hundred years from now that uh, that will be looked at, at, at absolute atrocities, whether it's eating meat, whether it's caging animals at zoos, at fishing, whales, I don't, who knows, fossil fuel, um, four, you know, not 400, 4,000, four. In an era, and we hate to say this, we don't want to admit the truth, in an era where slavery was just part of the, the world. The world. How, you think the pyramids went up by uh, some guy making $15 an hour? So let's not even go down that road. Let's give a big round of applause. Can we do that, Sam Bellino? Round of applause? For, 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 can we do something festive? Hey! So happy birthday, America Vespucci. As I always like love to say when people give me a time about anything Italian, I said, listen, just remember, America, it's a wonderful Italian name. Actually, a beautiful Italian name. Um, speaking of somebody who was uh, a, a somewhat of a beautiful man. I'm not talking about his looks, but and he was not, far from being Italian. He was German. Was Charles Entman? Now, those of us who are at least you know my age, fifty-ish, uh, the Entman cake was a fixture in the household. Uh, what's his name? Um, Sebastian Maniscalco. He does a little skit on it when he does one of his Italian things, but. And the skit, I mean, it cracks me up. My mother doesn't find him funny. I find him hysterical. I think my mother doesn't find him funny because he's basically talking about, like, her life and how she grew up. And maybe to people in their 80s, it doesn't seem so funny. But to me, it's hysterical because there was my grandmother, Mary Piazza, who lives and started in Bensonhurst and then wound up in Bay Ridge with my grandfather. Her door was always open, right? She had the wood door and then she had, like, the the storm door, the screen door. And the the wood door, basically, from Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, it was always open. And people would just come, just ring the bell. Um, Uncle Sal would come, and he came with his friend Mike Colonna. Uh, sometimes Stevie Ferrigno would show up. Who, you know, these are all relatives, but, you know, not like their brothers. Or si- well, Uncle Sal was a brother, but cousins. And there always had to be that Entenmann cake. And my sister can tell you, like, there was like, there was, sometimes there was two. There was one that my, Lori and I were allowed to touch, and then there was the one that was for the guests. And that was usually that, that it was raspberry filling and it had the icing on the top. And it was like five inches wide, but like a foot long. And when Uncle Sal would come over, we'd put the demi tasse on. That's what it was called. There was no such thing as espresso. No one heard about espresso. It was in that little uh, uh, silver drip pot. And it wasn't really that good. They still serve. I went to Rails last night with Geraldo and Janine Piero and Geraldo's brother. And we had a great time. Uh, but the, the, and the food is, it really is, it's spectacular. I'm not just saying that it's really, really very, very good. But the, the coffee, the espresso is what, what they, they, they make it out of that old drip and it, it does, it's not very powerful. It's kind of like black water, but anyway, God bless Rayo's. Uh, we really had a wonderful time there. Um, the Entenmann cake has just been a fixture in America and Charles Entenmann passed away at 92 years old. Um, they were they were German immigrants. They started from nothing. And guess where they opened their first bakery? Take a guess of all the places in the United States of America 
Where does everyone come from? Everyone has six degrees of separation from. No, not Manhattan. No, not the island of Staten. But in between the two of those, Brooklyn, New York, 1898. Is that now, not the, not the guy who died at 92 didn't open there. His father did. Uh, William Intamin. This is Charles Intamin I'm speaking of. Uh, he was a Korean War, war veteran, uh, and he was a... Uh, a he gave away a lot of money. Let me just summarize it that way. Uh, and he treated what his people uh, at Entman, which is still up and running, he got bought out, but and they got rid of they were at, in Bayshore and Suffolk County was where they had their big bakery. That has since been sold. But quote, he treated everybody with respect. It didn't matter if you were a janitor at the bakery or a custodian at the Y, meaning the YMCA, or in senior leadership of his company. And let me tell you something. That's a fact that should be that should be a fact that's in life's little instruction book because that's how I try to live my life. I learned that lesson when I started in the Brooklyn DA's office on February the 1st, 1993, when my immediate supervisor, who was about 14 months older than I was, explained to me that there was nobody lower in that office than I was. There was nobody who was more expendable than I was. And he pointed to the janitor. He goes, you see that guy who's cleaning up all the all of our garbage, all our paperwork? He is so much more needed here than you are. He goes, just keep that in mind every day that you come into work. And I still keep that in mind today. So, Mr. Entman, thank you for uh, making those cakes and, and being so generous with your money. And thank you for providing the memories that I have with my family regarding Entman cake and black coffee on Saturday mornings in Brooklyn, New York, in a time that has gone by. People just don't go up to you and ring the bell anymore. Uh, first, as, as Maniscalco says, first you send an email. Can I come over on Saturday? Then you send a text. Then you send the voicemail. And then blah, 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 blah. No one just comes and rings the bell anymore. Um, in a little bit of breaking news, the uh, Major League Baseball has just announced that games are canceled. Through April the 13th, both sides are blaming the other. There are different options on the table, um, but there's going to be no baseball for uh, more than a month now. The season was supposed to start on May, uh, March 31st. Um, so, you know, great tune, brother. Um, we're going to miss at least two weeks of baseball in a time where the world could use a little bit of baseball without masks, without the craziness of all. Uh, if anyone goes on the New York Times website, they have an outstanding Godfather quiz. Um, I, I, it's a quiz that Uncle Mario and Frank Morano will will just crush. They won't have a problem. But those of us who have only seen the movie maybe 50 times, not 500 times, there's just a couple of challenging questions there. Um, I'm going to end off with Mr. Charles Entman. Treat the janitor and treat the president of the company with equal respect and love. Have a good Wednesday. Enjoy dinner. Enjoy getting home. See you tomorrow. Competition in other places. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.